Hey there, friend. I'm Susan, and this is the Spark Chasers podcast, a series dedicated to the educational changemakers who embrace creativity, seek out challenges, and collaborate on solutions. This is a show for any educator looking to explore the creative side in the classroom, business, and life. So grab a cup of caffeine, your favorite flare pen, and let's chat about what's now and what could be next. Everybody, I would love to introduce you to John Spencer. Uh, John Spencer is an incredible educator and author. Uh, If you're not familiar with his work, I think you're going to be really excited to hear from him today. Hello, John. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's (laughs) as good as can be expected, but, you know, we're going to make sure that we stay the positive, right? Yes. Great. So, uh, John, tell me a little bit about your background and your philosophy surrounding creativity in education, because I know you're really passionate about that topic. Yeah, so I um, began my career as a social studies teacher. um, And, you know, I had a a teacher who had made a big difference in my life and really inspired me to be creative. And, um, and that was really why I became a you know, a history major and why I eventually went into education. Um, And I just love this idea of of how classrooms come alive when they're creative. Um, I I love the notion of, you know, students sharing their voice and having choice in their learning. And, um, and yet it was really only until my second or third year that I began to kick it in gear a little more and, and, and do projects and design thinking and, um, and really let go of some of the control that I felt, you know, and, 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 and allow students to express their voice a little more. Um, yeah, I just really want classrooms to be bastions of creativity and wonder and, um, and just be spaces where that's happening. Um, and so it started there and then I taught self-contained. Um, so after five years, um, my students had been doing a lot of projects, documentaries and podcasts and blogging, but also, you know, mural projects and, and uh, all kinds of different physical projects around the world, not, not around the world, around their community, you know, service learning projects. Mm-hmm. Um, I taught self-contained then, and then after teaching, you know, self-contained all subjects, um, the last three years that I was in the classroom, I taught um, journalism and STEM. Um, and it was just this big reminder that the humanities and arts aren't, um, two separate domains, right? That, that STEM and humanities blend together, um, that you can teach a journalism class that has a makerspace and, and that you can teach a STEM class that has a studio <laughs> that go hand in hand. And so I loved it. I loved that uh, experience. And then for the last five years, um, I've been teaching at, at the university level. So I guess 17 years total Wow, feels like a lot. And suddenly I didn't really <laughs> thought that, oh my gosh, it's been a while. So yeah. Yeah, a lifetime in 17 years. So a lifetime of education <laughs> in 17 years. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and then and then the quarantine has been a decade. <laughs> right? Yes. I feel like every day is a year. Like it just that was a what a year that was yesterday. Uh, the um now I don't know about you, but when I work with teachers and we talk about the the flow of creativity and just how much learning takes place in a hands-on environment. Um, Mm. The the pushback that I often will receive is we don't have time for that in the curriculum that we have. So 
do, do you hear that? And if you do, what is, what's your response to something like that? I think, um, you know, the, the mindset that I've always had is you're not adding something to your plate. You're rearranging your plate, right? So, um, yeah, it does take time and it's a time investment, but there are a lot of other things that take time that don't, you know, students might spend 45 minutes taking a test that tell you exactly what you've known from the formative feedback that you're gathering, you know, and, and formative assessments. So might as well just scrap the test that you're doing in your classroom and make time for something like this. You know, there's a lot of, it kind of comes down to how we choose to organize it. Um, sometimes it comes, you know, it, it happens when you combine multiple standards that are connected to each other and you teach bigger units and project-based units. Um, so a lot of times I really think it's, it's, it's about, we as educators need to be creative ourselves and, and take those constraints and, and figure out a solution. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I have, um, last year we decided to switch my daughter's school. It was a um, it was a difficult decision for my husband and I, because we both grew up in this community and we really wanted her to go to our community public yeah. schools. And it just, it wasn't working. Like there was, it was just not meeting her and her needs. And I remember our dentist ended up, we ended up sending her to the same school that our dentist kid had, had gone to years ago. And, uh, we were excited about it and sharing with him. And he said, you know, be careful because when, when your daughter goes to that school, you're going to wish every child goes to that school because it is, it's a, it's a school mm -hmm. based on hands-on project-based learning inquiry. Um, they, there's not a whole lot of testing that happens. It's been interesting right. to watch and she has just blossomed and he's absolutely right. When we went to the campus, I thought, you know, yeah, I do want this for every classroom and it's possible for every classroom. We just have to sometimes get out of our own way, I think, mm -hmm. um, and out of our own constraints that yeah. places those on us, you know, ourselves. So, yeah. Um, speaking of constraints, so I want to talk a little bit about where we're at with remote learning and um, okay. given the, the amount of promotion that we're looking at of hands-on creative learning experiences and then the reality of what we're seeing with remote learning, um, how do you think that the current state is affecting hands-on experiences for students and what can we do to foster more of those hands-on experiences right now? You know, I really think um we know certain things just developmentally about kids we know that like they're not meant to be sitting in front of a screen for eight hours a day especially sitting down right like that's just not developmentally appropriate <laughs> and um and i've always you know i remember um before the pandemic hit or we had a, a quarantine um you know, we ran some uh, remote STEM camps um, for our students. Um, you know, they were, I guess they were more hybrid, you know, split A-B days. So kids came in for a week and then they had, you know, um, a week um, that was that was distance and virtual. And um, one of our goals was to say, you know, we don't want this to be homework. We want this to be show and tell, meaning, if you think about show and tell, it's kids love show and tell. They take an item from their home, they bring it in, they 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 gush about it, they talk about it. It's, you know, it's it's they're bringing their world into your classroom, right? Mm -hmm. On the other hand, homework is you're taking school and you're sending it home with kids. And 
I think that a lot of times schools have tried to recreate too much of the school environment at, at home without getting the biggest benefits of, of the school environment, which is that social interaction and being together and the relationship with the teacher. And, um, you know, and, 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 you know, sometimes it's just silly. Like I, the, I have a teacher friend who was told um, that when she's teaching via Zoom, um, she has, it's really important that she keeps her, you know, dog in another room because that could be a distraction. And I thought, oh my gosh, how many times did the intercom interrupt us as teaching? <laughs> like, yes. And pets are the best. Like, what are the advantages of teaching in Zoom? It's that everyone has their pets. Like, come on. And yeah. um, the pandemic is awful. And I would never want to use a word like advantages. Like, there's no hidden advantages, right? This is just not, nobody's wanting this. However, you can ask the question, what can t- kids do at home that you can't do when limited by the four walls of school? And there's a lot there, right? Differentiation becomes a little bit easier. Um, you don't have to teach things in the exact same pace. Um, there's a lot of different opportunities that we can explore by saying, you know, what does it mean to, to actually be connected to a classroom community, be connected to your teacher, but also take it, take advantage of, of what's around you in your physical environment. And, uh, you know, it can be doing scavenger hunts. It can be doing hands-on maker projects. It can be, um, you know, creating things and documenting them with your phone. Um, it can be this overlap and hybrid between the, the physical world and, and the online world. And I think the teachers that have done it really well have, have really thought about, okay, let's reimagine what my class can be knowing that this year cannot be you know replicating what i had in my in my old class um you can't convert a class you have to transform it you have to reimagine it and that's really different i i totally get where you're going though because there are there is no advantage to the quarantine what i do think though is that there are lessons there are really valuable yeah. lessons for us and opportunities, mm-hmm. not advantages, but opportunities for us to rethink, because we've been talking about rethinking education forever. And this is our is an opportunity to take a look at what is really important. I think so much of, of what we have, there, there could be so much less that we have to actually do. What's the core pieces that are important for yeah. our students, right? Like that's an opportunity here. So yeah, uh, no, I, I get it. Nobody. There's a lot, right? I mean, there's there are a lot of things, and some of them are, you know, when we come back, maybe maybe we don't have to stress so much about standardized test scores, right? Because we all, you know, last spring we all basically said that you know test testing's canceled, and what we've been told is that teachers won't try, and that this and that, and guess what? They did. <laughs> they did. They continued to try. They worked so hard. They did all kinds of, you know, they were doing parades around neighborhoods to let their <laughs> students know that they were there. I mean, that testing was canceled and school wasn't canceled, right? It was really clear. Um, they didn't reduce their expectations. They, you know, they went out of their way to, to make sure students were known and that, um, that learning was meaningful. Yeah. How do we, um, and I know that this is a, this is a major concern for a lot of arts educators if we're we're seeing budgets school budgets who are saying you know in order for us to be able to monetarily continue to support our our schools 
we're going to need to start cutting things. And so a lot of arts teachers mm -hmm. are concerned that their jobs are going to be cut or that they're not going to be able to see their students because virtual learning can be a, a different experience when, with something like visual art or music. Um, so mm -hmm. how do we ensure that, because I'm a, I'm, and I'm going to go on a limb here and think that, that you and I are on the same page here. We don't need to be cutting things that allow our students to be creative and explore that creative fingerprint. How do we advocate or support um, the ability that creativity is not canceled, right? <laughs> we, we know that yeah. not canceled. How is creativity not going to be canceled this year? Yeah, and so I think there's, you know, for the, for the classroom teacher that's teaching, you know, um, the you know, math, science, social studies, language arts, um, you know, for that type of teacher, I think it's really important that they are incorporating, you know, creativity into their lessons that they're doing, you know, the hands-on maker projects, the scavenger hunts, the, um, the, the small prototyping, you know, they, they, they do at some point some larger project-based learning type thing. Um, but I think it's also important that schools remember um, that the arts are a lifeline for people, right? And, and I think that in many ways we've said um, art, music, some of those areas, um, we kind of treat them like, you know, they're like the icing on the cake or something. They're, they're, they're at the top, but they're not most necessary. And, and really, a cake without icing isn't a cake, right? Like, yeah. that's, you know, like that, a that's a bad metaphor. <laughs> An icing, you know. <laughs> Nobody a wants a muffin at the end, right? It's, it's, a, muffin. Muffin. it's, it's a cake. It's not a cake. <laughs> right. Yeah. A cake is like zucchini bread. You just added, you know, right? frosting on top and it becomes cake. But, um, you know, but, but there's been an, an attitude that it's not necessarily that vital. And... And yet we know it's so important for soft skill development, right? Um, that's where they're learning um, communication. That's where they're really developing uh, creative thinking. That's where, you know, the research is clear on, on um, how it improves divergent thinking and, and then even things like pattern recognition, um, all of these really vital academic skills. So I think it begins with telling, you know, making sure that school boards and um, and superintendents know how these things improve performance and everything else, right? I mean, you see it, schools that cut arts, whether it's, um, you know, um, a traditional art class or whether it's, you know, something different like the culinary arts or um, that we, we see that they, um, they actually have decreases in student achievement. You know, the goal is like, well, we need to do this to focus on student achievement. They don't, they drop. But the second thing, and I think this is what is, is missing is schools are talking so much about social emotional learning, right? SEL is really big right now. Everyone's talking about it. And this is, this is the challenge is we'll often, you know, bring up these things that become really popular and we forget where those are already happening. And I think that in many ways, SEL is happening. It's an integrated part of a well-designed art class. You know, um, it is no accident that when we went into the pandemic and people were experiencing, you know, social isolation. And I asked my students, "What are healthy ways that you're handling the quarantine?" And we did a little show and tell activity. It's no surprise that, you know, five or six of them had said, 
um, I'm painting, I'm drawing, I'm, you know, it's how we're processing it in a healthy way. Um, and I think that, you know, people are missing how much of a lifeline it is. Um, I, I have in the current cohort right now, I have, you know, um, teachers who are teaching, you know, both elementary and high school music and art and, um, and theater. And they're describing, you know, we met with our students for the first time, um, even though school hasn't started, um, the, the drama teacher decided, you know, to make sure we reached out. And even though the school play is canceled, we're, we were already brainstorming ways to do this differently. And we did an improv game together on Zoom and we did, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a community, right? That's, that's reaching out to, you know, and that's so vital. Um, and nobody's having the conversation of, well, um, you know, budgets are tight. We, we really do need to cut football. I think nobody's doing that because, football, you know, it's right. just so weird. And I, and I am clearly like, I, I, you don't know if you can see in the background, I've got these silhouettes that I painted yeah. on my kids doing their sports. I love sports. I am not one of those people that loves art, but not sports. Like I, they're all important. Yeah. Um, but cutting the arts is bad academically it's bad for the brain it's bad for social development and it's it's bad for that lifeline that it is for so many students and I think yeah. people forget that yeah I think you know when we look at anthropology and and go at the 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 timeline of humanity we learn we were painting on caves before we learned how to feed ourselves. So, you know, humans have to be able to express themselves in some way. And, and also I I was uh, um, having a conversation with somebody who works with a lot of big brands and she kind of advises them on, on their, their nonprofit um, components. And she, I asked her what her, her big focus is right now. And she said the mental health, Mental health has to be a part of conversation everywhere. And that um, because when you think of, of the fact that this is a disproportionate um, effect on humanity at this point, people, and we know mm-hmm. that people of color are suffering way more than white suburban middle-class families. And so yeah. um, the mental health of that, what that means to lose your graduation to not be able to get married. Um, these are things that we're gonna have, they're gonna have ripple effects for generations. And that the way that people process that is through their creative um, experience, right? It's their fingerprint. It's the way that they work themselves through that. And so, yeah, we can't, if we're gonna focus on SEL, if that's gonna be a, a focus for us, then you can't cut creative endeavors or the arts or anything. Yeah, you can't them, right? the arts, you can't create the STEM class. You can't, I mean, you can't, uh, you know, and, and, and that's what I mean. And, you know, it's not just the arts. It's, it's you can't be, um, you know, for my son, the, his lifeline um, during quarantine and not being able to see friends and, 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 and baseball's canceled was this amazing hands-on um, STEM class and, who, and the same teacher also taught his robotics class. And those two, you know, he threw himself into that subject. You know, my middle son, um, it was his, it was his middle school art class and he was, you know, doing twice the amount of assigned work, right? Like he's just threw himself into, into his art class now. And it's also not a shocker that both of those two classes were much more project-based mm-hmm. and were, and allowed students to be much more self-directed. And both of them had components that were physical, 
you know, in your physical environment. So, you know, in, 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 in the STEM class, they're making some things, you know, from, from your physical environment. And, and I think those two components made a huge difference. Um, and I really, um, I, yeah, I just, I don't think people understand how vital this is. Yeah. For, for processing that social emotional learning isn't just like let's get together and talk about feelings it's what happens when people process it through making and creating and designing yeah 100 percent. so we know that you're going to be uh presenting at the remote learning reboot uh in october can you tell us a little bit about what you're going to be sharing there just as a sneak peek what we've been talking about here right it is how do we make creativity happen how do we um think um as innovators in virtual spaces. And really the core idea is, is that that notion of making physical hands-on learning happen mm-hmm. when you are in a virtual environment. Um, like I said before, we really have to reimagine it and, and, and think about it. And so um, I share some very specific uh, strategies. Uh, I know right now we've been talking broadly and big idea stuff, but um, that's gonna be much more practical and sharing specific strategies for how we can take um, creative virtual learning away from the screen, how we can, you know, um, pull it into our physical world, how we can incorporate movement, um, and, um, and just how, how to make hands-on learning, you know, actually happen with your physical hands. Yeah. In a remote environment. So that's in a remote environment. Yeah. yeah, In a remote environment. So that's exciting. Um, I've gotten a, preview of it and it's just it's phenomenal and I love the project that you have them do at the end and I think that's something that was really important for us is that this is not only just something that you learn but that it's hands-on for them so the project that you give them to do for the 20 minutes after your session I I thought that was really cool yeah Yeah, so and the goal there is I really want people to see like this is something we could do with students It, it incorporates divergent thinking limited resources, all, all those things about, well, but what if we don't have enough time? It's 20 minutes. You know, what if we don't have uh, enough resources? It's going to be, you know, using resources from around you. So hopefully it'll be something that, um, you know, you, you look at and say, oh, my, my students could do that. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much, John. This has been such a pleasure for, to be able to just kind of chat with you and, and open up about how creativity is not canceled and that we get to still <laughs> do that this year, even in this crazy time. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate right. it. Thanks. Well, check that off your list, my friend. You just finished another episode of the Spark Chasers podcast. If you want more, head over to artsintegration.com forward slash Spark Chasers for show notes, a space to tell me what you thought of today's show, and links to what we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. This helps others find the show so we can all grow and learn together. Can't wait to get together again soon.